Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to know how much he loves us. It's good to know that he loves us in spite of ourselves. It's good that he loved us, that he looked past our faults and he saw our needs. It is good that his grace is amazing. That saved a wretch like you and me. Oh, glory be to God. We are definitely in this, this season of Christmas. Uh, we are in this the year's Advent, the season, and on the second Sunday in this Advent, we leading up to that Sunday in Christmas, uh, preceding Christmas. Uh, I want to take this time for us to reflect on the images of Christ. Uh, I want us to take and piece, up, piece together how our Messiah, uh, the Son of God, came in many facets to fulfill the prophecies of God's Word. So in celebrating Christmas, we remember the birth and the incarnation of God, the Son, Jesus. Jesus' coming fulfills what God told through the prophets as founded in Deuteronomy. This great prophecy is telling of Jesus and how he will come as a prophet. In Deuteronomy, in the 18th chapter, we, we see there when God is speaking through Moses, telling them of how he was going to send a prophet like him. God tells Israel that he will raise a prophet like Moses from among them. A prophet is a Lord's spokesperson that he uses to reach his people. The prophet speaks the truth of God to warn Israel not to be like foreign nations going after idol gods. A prophet preaches for repentance and obedience to the Lord their God. Israel prophets will not be like the foreign nations. For those nations which you shall dispose, listen to those who practice witchcraft and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do. So you see how God has warned them in verse 14 not to be like the foreign nations. It is good that God sends us a prophet to guide us and direct us so we don't be like the other folks. You understand that we are saints, that we are called apart, we are to set apart, we are to live, act, and walk differently than those who do not know the Lord. Because we have the truth, and we need to behold the truth of God. God gave us a prophet of all prophets to fulfill the work of our salvation in his Son. Oh, glory be to God, our Lord and our Savior. Therefore, we need to respond to the prophet. You understand? We need to respond to the prophet. It's not, it's not just one thing to say he is a prophet, but to not respond to the prophet. We, we, we quote it all the time when it's beneficial for us, you know, bless the prophet, he will bless you. But there's no sense of blessing the prophet. You're not going to listen to the prophet. Because you, you, if y'all remember Naaman, you know Naaman came to bless the prophet, but he didn't listen. And once he listened, then he decided, oh, I need to bless the prophet. Now he blessed him out of obedience because of listening. The prophet told him, go dip himself down. He said, let's take our stuff. Let's go back home. But when you listen to the prophet, things start changing in your life. Those who do not listen to the prophet of God will be held accountable. The Lord says, I will personally deal with anyone who will not listen to the messages the prophet proclaims on my behalf. We need to hear. What God's messenger gives to us. This is God's word for his people. This is not to be ignored, but to be obeyed with reverence. The issue of should I trust 
this word or not is an issue God has addressed as we so well as, as, as addressed so we shall know how to. Listen what he says in verses 21 to 22. God says through Moses, but you may wonder how will you know whether or not a prophecy is from the Lord? If the prophet speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. That prophet has spoken without my authority and need not be feared. But the prophet that God will raise up serves as a mediator. Children of Israel asked for this, for they said, God, don't speak to us <laughs> when they're on the mountain. Do y'all see that there in the text? Verse, verse, eight, verse 18 and 16, it says, uh, don't let us hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore or see his blaze of fire, for we will die. Israel feared God and desired for one to be their mediator to stand before them and God on their behalf. You see how children of Israel asked God, all right, God, that's too much for you to speak. If we see this consuming fire, we know we will burn. So give us a media to have somebody stand in our hat, stand on, on, on our behalf before you and before us to represent us. And God says, you did right. So therefore, I will raise one up like you. Like Moses from the people. And that's why we are get excited for there is one mediator. And it's between God and men. That man is Christ Jesus. Galatians 3.20 says. And so, but we have also obtained a more excellent ministry by as much as he is also the media of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises, and that is Jesus, that he is more excellent. So, therefore, these false prophets will be held accountable and judged by God, by them leading the people astray and not speaking his truth. And, and, and check this out, that also, look what the Bible gives us, it gives us a way to test to know that we have a prophet. We can apply these tests and find how Jesus passes all the tests. The first test is the theological test of the prophet. The prophet, God says that my prophet will speak what? My words. Theology means basically God's word. Theos being God, logic being word, so word of God. And therefore, the theological test is that if the prophet is of God, he'll pass the theological test that he will only speak what comes from God. And the good news is that think about who the prophet, we're talking about Jesus. He is the word. And beginning was the word, and the word was God. The word was with God. And so, therefore, he cannot deny himself. He can only speak of himself. So every time the word spoke, he spoke truth. This prophet, every time he spoke, they realized that he speaks like no other teacher. You look in the Gospels, every time he went somewhere, they got excited because he spoke like no one else. He spoke as one who has authority. You know why he spoke as one he has authority? Because he has all authority. He has all power. And so, therefore, when he spoke, things start shifting and changing around them. We, we know that because remember when he went to, to the tomb, he says, Lazarus, come forth. That's by his words. Lazarus came forth. We understood that his mother even understood that when you speak, things change. Uh, you son were at this wedding. They ran out of wine. Can you help us out? Mother, it's before my time, but let's go ahead. Let's be done. Please listen to what he says. Even mother understood that you need to listen. To the prophet, even the water in the jars, listen to the prophet, they begin to blush and turn into wine. So we see here the theological test that he speaks the truth of God. 
A true prophet speaks clearly the word of God. Look, look closely how in John 14, 24, it says, he who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which your heart is and, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. He's pointing out that even as I'm here, I'm speaking out of obedience of my father, speaking of his word. So therefore, if you don't obey me, watch out somebody. He says, you're not obeying the father. It's time for us to realize that when people speak to us the word of God, we, we, we sometimes take it personal when they don't listen to us. But the problem is they're not listening to God. And, and, and what the Bible makes clear, God is going to hold, hold each one accountable that does not listen to his word. Oh, he makes it clear that I will hold you if you, I, I've made you the truth available and showed you what is right, but yet you will be judged by not listening. And so therefore the prophet has no choice but to proclaim the truth that's been placed upon him. That's why Jeremiah says like fire shut up in his bones. He, he understood that I have no choice but to fulfill the call that the God has given me to be the prophet and proclaim his truth. I can't speak against his word. Jesus fulfilling that prophecy could not speak against his word. He had to speak the truth. The prophet of God will have God's word in his mouth and will only speak what God commands him to speak. Therefore, it will be thus says the Lord. That's why you can find a prophecy when you look through the Bible and it'll say thus says the Lord. They won't say in my opinion. They won't say I think so. They will say with authority and purpose, thus say it the Lord. For the words that are spoken are demanded by the Lord. The prophet cannot speak on his own authority to represent God, but be clear what he declares is of the Lord. For the prophet who speaks presumptuously in his name will be demanded of them their life. Jesus as a true prophet spoke of God good and perfect will and how we too should obey and know that the Lord is our God and the Lord is one. Jesus lived to show us this truth and died to so that we will be able to find this truth and be one with the son as the son is one with the father. So you see this theological test doesn't does not our Jesus pass this test that he spoke of the word he preached of the word. He proclaimed the word. They came to say he came to do one thing, but he says, I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill the word. That's the theological test that his word lines up with the word because he is the word. And since he is true, he cannot go against himself. So therefore, he passes the theological test. What's the second test? The practical test. The second test shows to us that the prophet speaks has to come to pass. If it does not, then he is not a prophet speaking in the authority of the Lord. The prophet received the word directly from God and no other source. God's word is always true and completes what he says. Even God said himself that my word will never return back to me void. It will accomplish his will. Even in the great story of the parable of the sower. Y'all understand that story? It says the sower lays out seeds. Do you understand that the seeds always grow? The seed is never the problem. It's the soil. The seed will always grow, but it's the soil that got the problem. And the seed represents his word. And since if his word is able to produce, we can't blame the word. It's us. 
And so when we see the practical test of God's word, we'll always do what it says it's going to do. So we don't see things happening in our life. We can't get mad at God. We might better go back and check and say, did I follow the instructions? Because you know that when God has given his word and told the people what to do, it always turns out the way he said. He told Abraham that 400 years your descendants will be in bondage and slavery. You go look in Genesis by the time they get set free and Moses is born, it's been 400 years. He told that long time ago and it was completed. You see that God will make clear to us when he speaks to his people, what is going to be done will be done. So therefore Jesus comes and says what? Come ye unto me, all that believe, and you shall be saved. Oh, that's a word that came from God, given to us to apply to our lives. We must be saved. He tells Nicodemus that you must be born again. If I be lifted up, I draw all men unto me. He goes on to say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth shall not perish but have everlasting life. He did not come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. But those who rejected the world have already been judged because they love the darkness more than they love the light, and they did not want their evil deeds to be exposed. He is proclaiming the word of God for us to apply to our lives and see that it will come to pass. Looking at this practical test, look even closely to this practical test. Look how he applied it to his life. Jesus began his preaching ministry saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. This, this shows us leading up to this practical test, to the moral test. The moral test shows us that not only will he speak the word of God, not only will he say it and it will pass, but his life will reflect it. Leading up to this moral test, I want us to grab part of this practical test. Jesus told of his suffering, his death, his betrayal, and his resurrection. These prophecies have all come to pass. Now we wait for his coming again, which he also foretold. And so you see that we see there were some prophecies that we've seen have already come to pass. Now we're waiting for the other ones to be fulfilled. So he's passed the theological test. He's passed the practical test. Now, let's look at this moral test. This moral test, again, I said, reflects that it reflects his life. He began his ministry repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The moral test shows us that a prophet cannot stand before the presence of God and not demand change. Let me say that one more time. The, the prophet moral test reminds us that you cannot stand before God and go before his people and not demand change. Let me highlight this for you with another prophet you might be familiar with, Jonah. Jonah was called by God to go preach repentance. Jonah understood this ministry. He understood it so much that he hated the people he was supposed to preach to, that he knew that God might show mercy upon them, that he says, if I don't give them the message. Mm. If I don't give them the message, then they won't repent. Let's go back. Let's look at this prophet test. The prophet test says this, that the prophet must speak the word of God. And if they don't receive it, it's their fault. 
So therefore, he does not want them to receive it because he knows that the power of God's word will demand a response. Oh, glory be to God. And so when we see this moral test, Jesus just demonstrated, unlike Jonah, that I will go to the same people that don't like me. Jonah didn't want to go there because they didn't like him. He didn't like them. It was, the feeling was mutual. But Jesus came and says, I love the world. Now, I understand you don't like me, but I still love you. And I'm going to proclaim the truth that you need to hear, that you might repent. And look closely here. I said the prophet cannot stand before God and not have change. That's why Jesus was going around places and they stood before Jesus, who was God. And we saw change. That's why he became famous. That he goes into a city and multiple hospitals become out of work. Because all the sick, that's what, that's what the text says, all the sick, they bring all the sick to him. And he was healing them and delivering them of evil spirit. Oh, that's a test right there. The goodness of God has been in our, our, our region. And look how good it was that they wanted to stay in one place. But he says, I did not just come to stay in one place, but I got to go throughout and tell everybody about the kingdom of God. So many of the poor and the sick and the rejected came to see him and the lives were changed by him. The son of God came to save the lost. Therefore, he went where they were to show them the light and they came to the light. Yet still his critics thought that he was not who he was. And we find this in John 10, chapter verses 31 and 39. Jesus replied, I'm sorry, verses, uh, verses 31. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. Jesus said, at my father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? They replied, we're stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. Ye a mere man claim to be God. Jesus replied, it is written in your own scriptures. See the prophet staying to the word of God. That God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are gods and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am the son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence on the miraculous works I have done. Even if you dumb, don't believe me, then you know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the father you see the prophet giving them the moral test you say i'm not who i say i am but my works speak for themselves he's asking them which works are you going to stone me of which of these good oh they said not of the good works but because of your blasphemy he's like look at here if you don't want to believe me look at the evidence if i'm not a prophet if i'm not who i say i am why is everything that i have been claiming and proclaiming and doing before you has been fulfilled don't get mad at me because i'm doing my father's See, this moral test, I said there's three tests for the prophet. And this prophet was not just a prophet, 
But also this prophet was the fulfillment of the suffering servant. And so not only was he serving in the office of prophet, but in the office of servant, realizing you saw how they tried to kill him, but they could not attain him. And the reason why they could not attain him, because the prophet already knew his time to come. And he understood that you can't take my life. I lay down my life. I'm telling you about the moral test, how his life reflects his ministry. His ministry was a ministry of a prophet to speak the word of God, to proclaim it and teach it so that it comes forth and to live it and walk it out. But yet many did not believe. I dare you today to think about as you're going to celebrate Christmas and how others are going to exchange gifts and put up a tree and hang up lights, but yet they don't know the light. That's going to be time for you to proclaim to them that the reason why I got all these trees up, these lights up, these wreaths up is not because it's a commercial season, but it's the season I decided to remember and reflect and celebrate the birth of God's son. We call him Jesus. And Jesus was not just a man, but he was fully man and fully God. And he came telling us of the goodness of God. That's that's why I get excited when they sing that Christmas hymn. Go tell it over the mountain because I got to go tell somebody that Jesus Christ is born, that he is alive. And how do I know he's alive? I'm glad you asked me such good questions because I got to testify. I know he's alive because he's what? Alive in me. Can anybody that's been redeemed with me can rejoice to say that he's alive in me. The prophet is alive in me. And so when we realize that he's alive in us, then I have no choice but to respond to the prophet. Because when I respond to the prophet, I see things working out in my life. Because whatever the prophet says will come to pass. Because that's the test of the prophet. That if he says it, it must come to pass. That's why we can trust in Jesus. Because he's not a false prophet. He will not lead us astray. He will not have, help us have our hearts towards idol gods. If you look in Deuteronomy 18, chapter, look before, he says, do not get caught with those foreign nations that look what they say. They get involved in sorcery, spiritualization, witchcraft, div divinism, trying to necromancer, trying to talk to the dead. Think about it, Think about it. This stuff is still happening now. And he told us back then, don't get caught up. With them, but I will send you a prophet. So if you are in desperate need to find out wisdom, to find out information, God says, look here, I will send you a prophet. Mm. Aren't you glad that God will never leave you lost? Never leave you without an answer? That the newspaper don't have to your answer. Come on, come on. You don't have to turn to that page. They got all those stuff to tell you how the stars are lined up, how you're going to meet a tall, dark stranger or somebody. You don't have to look at all that stuff to find out what's going on. I'm going to tell you right now that, you know, I heard someone say they stopped reading the news because it kept on changing. <laughs> but I tell you one thing, you can open up the word of God. It will never. It will never change. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this world, this word will remain. And so that's why we need to trust in our Lord, who is the word. So what the prophet says of God will come. To pass. He told them how he will be delivered into the hands of men and betrayed. 
He told them they will kill him. He told them he will rise in three days. This great prophecy passed, the theological test for his redemption of Israel was done. This passes the practical test for the empty tomb is evidence of his resurrection. And it passes the moral test for he is a holy, holy, holy son of God. He has redeemed us as his nature and his life work to redeem the world. That is why we can trust in the Lord and lean not into our own understanding to know that our Lord is real. So what I'm trying to encourage someone today to understand that you're going through some circumstances in your life. I understand because life keeps on moving, but yet one thing is consistent. One thing has never changed that God knows the plans he has for you and check it out. If you just spend some time listening to him, he will be happy to direct your path. He can make a crooked path straight. He can make a, a way out of nowhere. He can be a bridge over troubled water. He can speak to the storms and they will cease. He can move a mountain from in front of you and make a path. I'm here to, to proclaim and tell you that our God is able. And that's just little stuff. I said that's just little stuff. Because the greatest thing he did is show us that we don't have to fear death. Oh, death, where is thy fate? Oh, sin, where is thy sting? For he has overcome and defeated death. He told us that if you believe in me, ha-ha, though you shall die yet, ye shall live. Because I am the life and the resurrection. And so if he can overcome death and give us eternal life, can he not take care of your financial issues? Take care of your family structure. Work out your job circumstances. Fix a car. Fix a house. Fix a school district. Our God is able. When we just trust in him, it's amazing how things work out. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to plan it out. God says, I've already got it worked out. If he knows the very numbers of your hair, if he knows if one turtle dove falls, does he not know what's going on in your life? If he knows a tree falls in a forest, does he not know why you're crying at night? So let's go to the great one, to our mediator who stands on our behalf, who knows us by name, who calls out for us, and who's blessed us with the power of his Holy Ghost. Turn to him. Let us turn to him right now. God, we come right now, God. 